I want them to see and fully experience everything that the outdoors has to offer Mm -hmm. and all the lessons that it can teach you. And I just feel like when you throw a kid in the corner of a ground blind and let him play an iPad and then climb on your lap and shoot a turkey, A, he's not learning all those lessons. He's not getting all those experiences, the birds and the the owls and the turkeys gobbling and all that kind of stuff outside. But B, I think it's kind of teaching them the wrong idea that turkey hunting's easy. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a video game. You just wake up from your nap and shoot one and then take pics for Instagram and it's over with. Welcome to The Art of Hunting, a podcast that explores the world of wildlife art through the eyes of one of the industry's most talented creators, Ryan Kirby. So whether you're a fellow artist, designer, hunter, or simply someone who appreciates the beauty of the natural world, join us on The Art of Hunting with Ryan Kirby and discover the passion and dedication that drives him. We rolling? Cool. Episode 14. 14. Of the Art of Hunting podcast. What is this one going to be titled? <laughs> I have no idea. What, we're talking about kids and hunting, yes. right? Well, Introducing kids to the outdoors. Well, yeah, and like the concept of shooting and how much of a responsibility that is. Yeah. Because Cassie was like, what's your topic today? And I was like, how to teach kids to kill. Oh, <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Kids and guns. Kids and guns and bows. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I don't know what other weapons though. Well, um, where do you want to start, host? <laughs> I don't know. Huh? I know you uh so you have two children. Two children. Six and three. Seven. Oh yeah, and three. he just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Red. Yep. That uh Kim had a big party out here last Friday. Yeah, you got free hot dogs at that birthday. Man, you can't forget. That was good. That's all I talked about for a solid three hours. You can ask Zach. He kept saying, Madison, are you hungry? Are you hungry? And I was like, yes. I'm starving. And I was just waiting on Kim to be like, okay, y'all can come eat. Okay, we're cutting the cake. And I was eyeing those little basketball, baseball, football cookies. I was yeah. like, this looks so good. Yeah. Kim's the ultimate uh, planner. Party planner. So, man, when we have a birthday party, look out. They had there, a jump house and everything. We had a bounce house. We had a water balloon fight. We had, it was a sports theme. So, we had cupcakes. We had a hot dog bar. We had all kinds of stuff. It was good. <clears throat> yeah, she does it upright. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Rhett just turned seven, and Brooklyn is three and a half. She'll be four in October. And, uh, you know, is and. We had my mom on last yes. week on the podcast, and she talked a lot about like, you know, what it was like when we were growing up, um, how we kind of got into the outdoors and and all that. And honestly, we got into the outdoors just naturally. I mean, it was just like it was part of our culture. You know, it was just part of you know loading up in the back of the truck and going to feed cows with dad and riding on a tractor and seeing pigs and livestock, and then we deer hunted on the weekends. Like it wasn't. I feel like maybe I didn't pay attention to it before, but I noticed it at the Turkey Federation when I first got hired on is they had like entire programs dedicated to getting youth involved in the outdoors. And so that was kind of eye opening to me because I always thought like, it's just what we did on the weekends, you know, it was like playing catch or, you know, gardening or whatever. It was just like part of what we did. And so I never thought about, I never had to consciously think about how to introduce kids in the outdoors and how to teach them. You just kind of organically learned it. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of people have like 
what do you call it? Like camps or like organizations have a camp or they have like a, just some sort of organized event for kids. So it seems to be a big thing and a big goal for that, this industry to want to get kids into. Fishing derbies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Yeah. I think, you know, I think the writing is on the wall. Like, you know, politically there's... I'm not even going to get into that, <laughs> you know, politics in America, but it, it, um, you know, a lot of people have moved to more urban environments and, um, a lot of, there's been a lot of people have like moved off the family farm and, and away from things. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, of, of things competing for your kid's attention now that weren't when I was a kid. I mean, we were literally playing original Mario brothers and duck hunt, you know? <laughs> so like there, w- there wasn't all the stuff um, sports like right now, we're at the age we're starting to get into baseball and there's travel baseball and kids are playing the same sport, like 11 months out of the year. Like you just didn't have any of that. So there's a, there's a lot of things competing for kids attention. Um, they're not in the environment of hunting a lot. And as an industry, like you want, you want to have the next generation taking over, so a lot of companies and, and, and nonprofits have recognized like the need to, to introduce kids to that and keep them in the outdoors so we can keep those, uh, keep that heritage alive. Do you think that's like a responsibility to bring your kids and teach them about the outdoors and like the land and the animals and things yeah, like that? I mean, personally I want to like I don't I don't really feel responsible for it I like actually want them to do it it's not something I feel like I need to do I want to do it um you know Rhett we've talked about this before Rhett loves processing game loves it he loves cleaning fish and turkeys and deer and grinding it up and making tacos and chili and stuff like that like to the point where it's like bro this is a little over the top for (laughs) a six-year-old now seven Seven. (laughs) Um, and, and, and we have garden out here and the kids love that. And I try to get them involved in that. But I think it's, I I think that, uh, you know, I want them to know where their food comes from. I want them to understand how the natural world works. Um, I want them to understand all that. And so I, I want them to be a part of that, but, um, I also do feel a little bit of a responsibility, I guess, I guess you're right there to, to, to do that because, I mean, the outdoors has like given me a career, you know, literally at at the, I'm at the point now where everything that I love is related to the outdoors, my career, my free time, my time with my buddies, now time with my kids, stuff like that. So, um, it's almost like selfish to not share that with them. Yeah. So, and you had mentioned in like a previous episode about you weren't gonna, shoot a turkey without Rhett being there or yeah. something. Tell us about that and why you like <laughs> came up with that. <laughs> well, we were talking about turkey conservation and, and about, um, you know, some, we, I don't, I don't really, I didn't really notice much of a difference in population around here, but a lot of States have, and it's something we're starting to pay attention to. And we're at the age where like, I, I've really tried to make, um, hunting fun for, for Rhett and for the kids. And, um, but we're starting to get to the point, like the shit sit down and shut up phase. Like, (laughs) like, dude, if you want to kill this turkey, man, you got to quit moving and we're going to make this happen. Um, and 
you know, as a self-employed guy in the past, I've always gone out and like killed a solo bird by myself. Like I'd take somebody hunting. We'd do okay. I'd mark where that bird was at, where he was, what he was doing. And if we didn't kill him that day, I'd go out on a Tuesday and shoot him myself. And that's a way to kill a tag. But you know, with turkey populations, potentially starting to decline, I I didn't really want to wear out the turkeys, especially by myself. And so I just kind of made a pact with myself that I was going to take somebody with me. Didn't have to be Rhett, but a buddy or my dad or my brother or, you know, another kid, some, some, somebody special to me. I wanted to be there with them. Um, and so towards the end of the season, I wouldn't go unless Rhett could go with me or somebody could go with me. And, um, last day of the season, we ended up filling a tag out at the Bama field, but it was funny because there is a, there was a Turkey over here behind the house. Yeah. That was gobbling every, day, every day, chick delay <laughs> and Brooklyn, my daughter, she doesn't say chick fillet. She says it with a D chick delay. Mm-hmm. And this is a big fat Turkey. So we nicknamed him chick delay. <laughs> and one, one evening, um, I walked out to the end of the property and Al hooted and he gobbled right where I knew we could kill him the next morning. So um, Rhett wakes up early and it's a Friday. It's the Friday before the end of the season. And we had grandparents coming in town and I knew my season was going to be over. So I was like, Rhett, man, let's go. Let's go before school. And one of my favorite memories growing up is going to hunt before school. Like we'd go deer hunt or turkey hunt and then run to school. So... We went out there, we snuck in on him, and it was like we didn't we didn't have a blind, we didn't have anything. Um, we were set up in some white pines, which are typically open, but we had the perfect setup where we had a blow down to our left, and that turkey was going to come from the left. And um, I went out there and owl hooted, and he gobbled right where I thought he was going to be. So I was like, Rhett, come on, let's go. So we threw on our camera real quick, left the house, walked over there. And I was going to let Rhett run the box call the whole time. <laughs> so Rhett is literally running the box call. And I'd be like, all right, man, hit him again. And he'd hit, he'd, and that turkey would gobble. And Rhett literally called that turkey in for me with his box call. <laughs> and uh, I was going to shoot the bird. I, I had an idea. What, what you try to do, Madison, especially with little kids, is when they see you, you want them to be in range to shoot them because they'll stand up there on hillside at 80, 90, hundred yards and they'll look and they'll pick you out. Mm-hmm. But if you set up in a way to where you're calling them and as soon as they crest the hill, they're in range, that's a good setup. And that's what we had here. And that Turkey was at like 35 yards. He was coming in, strutting the whole way, gobbling the whole way, gets to 35 yards and I knew that Rhett was kind of behind me, tucked into the same tree, and he couldn't quite see him. And I was like, man, I'm going to let that turkey go like another three or four yards, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to shoot him. And right then, he saw something he didn't like. He turned around and took a step and was gone. Wow. So I had the ability to like seal the deal and let Rhett call in a turkey for me. And I hesitated because I wanted him to see it, and it didn't happen. And I had a pit in my Aww. stomach when that happened. Um. But anyway, we went out after school. Um, I took him out to the Bama field, and we had a whole flock of turkeys out there, and we ended up calling in um, four long beards and three hens, and I shot one of those. So Wow. Yep. So he got to see it happen, got to see it go down. But um, so, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun, and that was cool for me because – it is really easy to say something. It's a lot harder to follow through and do it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
I, you know, I, I get towards the end of the season and I've still got a tag in my pocket, man. I want to go, I want to go fill it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's real. it's gotten, it's harder with kids taking them. Mm-hmm. And so I felt pretty good about myself to like be able to follow through on that and not just go that itch my trigger finger by myself. That was a picture too of y'all. Yeah. And, and then you said in your post or something, you were like, yep, uh, Rhett was the one that wanted to take on, take a picture on the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> not me. Yeah. Here we go. So it's the dead of summer. It's between hunting seasons. And if you're like me, this is when I take the time to reevaluate, clean out all my old stuff and get ready for a brand new season. We're doing the exact same thing in our art warehouse right now. Starting July 1st, we're going to have a huge outlet sale on some limited editions that we're selling out, some paper prints that we're going to sell through and not offer again. And we're going to have 40 to 60% off deals on select products. So go check it out. July 1st, all month of July, we're going to have our deepest discounted sale of the year at ryankirby.com. So that- this is like the legal disclaimer for this entire episode is that the first thing you have to learn when you become a parent is like, you don't judge. There's zero judgment <laughs> yeah. here for me because you can sit here and you can say all the things you're going to do as a parent, all the things I'm never going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> you're in it yeah. and you have to eat your words a lot. My mom says that to me. She's cause I'd be like, my kids are not going to act that way. Like we'll uh-huh. go to the mall or something. And she's going to be like, just you wait. Uh-huh. She's like, you reap what you sow. <laughs> so. <laughs> we, I remember we were, I think we were delivering a painting to, to Chris Sneed in Greenville. And we were on a road trip and Kim Sequoia has a DVD player mm-hmm. in it. Rhett was probably, I don't even know if he was one yet. He was a, he was like a little kid, little baby. And this was like the first trip that we'd taken. That was like, it's like a four hour drive, you know? And I was always the guy's like, man, I don't, I don't want my freaking kids to just watch DVDs and stuff on the road, like addicted to the TV. We're not doing that. We're not going to use that DVD player. (laughs) (laughs) And we had some DVDs in there anyway. And that kid, something was off and he started screaming. And after about 45 minutes, I was like, Kim, turn that freaking DVD player on. I don't care what you have. I don't care what you have. Anything you got, turn it on. And the second he started watching that TV, that DVD player, he shut up and I was like, this is the greatest invention ever. Like, I don't know who put a DVD player in a vehicle, but thank you. Yeah. Thank you, whoever you are. And uh, you just, there are so many things you just do to get by and survive. Like, and so you just learn not to judge, you know, (laughs) especially like on an airplane, man, it's hard. You know, I mean, we, we've taken like four trips on an airplane and three of them have been amazing. Our kids were the awesome kids on the airplane. And then one trip, our kids were those kids on the airplane. And it's like, man, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, What's been, I know, I don't know how to word this question, but like you have said that you're kind of waiting to let Rhett carry a gun or, or shoot the animal. What what's made you come to that decision? Is it age or is it just like Well and again that that there's no judgment on my part as a parent. It is my personal decision to to hold off on him shooting one. I feel I feel like just our culture today, we are having kids do things so early now, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like kids just need to be kids a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're we're at the age where we're starting to 
play a little bit of ball, a little bit of travel ball, but not much. But like, there's like eight year olds that play baseball 11 months out of the year. It's crazy. There's kids like throwing out their arm and having like shoulder problems as 12 year olds, Mm -hmm. because we're just like pushing them to do this stuff. And Rhett has that competitive drive focus streak in him. And so I know that the competitive, I'm going to go kill this turkey. I'm going to go. I know that's coming because he gets that from me. Mm-hmm. So my strategy is just to keep it fun, mm-hmm. keep the whole thing fun. And when he does pull the trigger, I want him to be mature enough and old enough to understand the the, the situation. Mm-hmm. I want him to know that like this is not a play video game. He's taking a life and he's using a firearm. And that's something that I feel like he's got to earn. Mm-hmm. He's got to be ready for it. And you know, I know a lot of people take their three and four year old kids to go kill a turkey. And hey, if they can handle it, that's fine. That's not going to be us. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to put my kid in the corner of a pop up tent, pop up blind, let him sleep and play on an iPad, call in the turkey, set him on my lap on a lead sled, and let him like pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people that do that. And <clears throat> you know, I think. Personally, I think it teaches them the wrong lessons. Like, I think that <clears throat> I think that our goal as parents is not to raise good kids. It's to raise good adults. And we, the idea is not to have a successful kid. It's to produce a successful, responsible, um, whatever you want to call it, member of society as an adult. <clears throat> and I think that the outdoors has a ton to teach kids. And I want Rhett to like watch an owl hoot in the trees and like, you know, I want him to see and fully experience everything that the outdoors has to offer Mm -hmm. and all the lessons that it can teach you. And I just feel like when you throw a kid in the corner of a ground blind and let him play an iPad and then climb on your lap and shoot a turkey, a, he's not learning all those lessons. He's not getting all those experiences, the birds and the, the owls and the turkeys gobbling and all that kind of stuff outside. But B, I think it's kind of teaching them the wrong idea that turkey hunting's easy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a video game. You just yeah. wake up from your nap and shoot one and then take pics for Instagram and it's over with. Yeah. And I just, I just want them to have more experiences. I want Rhett to spook turkeys. I want to have those experiences where he's rubbernecking and trying to see a bird and spooks him because he's got to learn Bro, you can't do that. You can't move, man. You got to sit still. And if everything happens in a ground blind, they don't they don't understand that. They mm-hmm. there, there's no there's no learning for lack of a better term. And I just see parents a lot of times pushing their kids to kill a turkey younger and younger and younger and younger and I can't help but think that it's more for the parents than it is for the kid. Mm-hmm. Like does that 3-year-old actually want to shoot a turkey? If they can, great. If they can do it, and understand it and do it on their own. Awesome. I want to sign them to an NIL deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that kid, that kid's going to be a, a star, you know, but I look at Brooklyn, Brooklyn's three and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and there are people that take their kids and kill turkeys at three and a half. <laughs> if they can do it, great. Brooklyn ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn's dressed in pink, singing songs as she's walking through the woods, yeah. you know? And, um, I, I don't know. I just it's just a personal choice. I don't think I ki- killed a turkey till like I was eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a bunch of kids that are seven and eight 
And and honestly, like Rhett's a big kid and he he's really coordinated. Like he's you know, he's hanging with eight year olds and baseball and basketball and like he's a coordinated kid. I feel like if anybody could could handle a gun at that age, it's him. And I know he's not ready mm-hmm. because he, he he doesn't understand it yet. He doesn't understand what he's doing yet. Yeah. And when he gets to that point, then then he'll be ready. Yeah. And I and I feel like that's a, a uh, something that every parent has to make that call for their own kid. It's a, it's different for every kid. It's different for every family and it's different for every family, every kid within that family. It might be different for two different boys or two different girls, you know? Mm-hmm. So you just got to use your, use your head. But <clears throat> I do have a little bit of a problem with people who, who th- they want to do it more for themselves and they're really pushing their kids to do it just mm-hmm. so they can say my three or four year old killed a turkey and like, they probably didn't kill that turkey. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the visual I have is like that scene in Yellowstone where the grandson killed the deer. Yeah. And John Dutton and Casey are teaching him, you got to wear his blood. You yeah. You got to thank him for his sacrifice. That's the visual. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you doing we, that. We won't with go Brett. that Native American <laughs> spiritual. But, um, you know, there, there was a moment. <clears throat> where um I killed my first turkey. Okay. So we my dad and I went and sat in a ground blind that he made out of a brush pile and we sat for four hours. Wow. This is the first time I ever turkey hunted. Like we'd kind of bebopped along with dad deer hunting, but this is the first time I'd ever turkey hunted. And at 10 a.m. three Jakes came out and I shot one with a, a single shot uh 20 gauge. <clears throat> and killed the turkey and I thought I was the coolest person alive. And um I'll never forget this. My dad took off his glove and reached out his hand. And I shook my dad's hand for the first time. Wow. And it was like it was a special moment for me because mm-hmm. I did something. Like literally, there were, we didn't have bipods, we didn't have lead sleds, we didn't have any of that stuff. Like I aimed the gun and probably was doing this number, making figure eights with the gun barrel, trying to shoot it. And shot the turkey. And I feel like, I felt like on that day, I had accomplished something. Mm-hmm. Like I'd grown up one more step into to being a man. Mm-hmm. And that's the same kind of experience I want Rhett to have. I don't want to rob him of that experience because I wanted him to kill one when he was three or four. Right. I want I want him, when he kills that first deer I feels, or kills that first turkey... I want him to know he leveled up and he took a net he t- he took a step up into becoming a man. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're doing that so young, those kids don't even know what they're doing. I feel like you've robbed them of that experience and that maturity, that step in their growth. Do you think that kind of like pushes <clears throat> them out? Like if having all that pressure, do you think that would push them out? I think it can. Oh, I outdoors. think some some kids may love it and continue on forever, but. It's just like anything, like, I keep going to baseball because we're in baseball season, but I see that now. You know, I see see parents yelling at their six- and seven-year-old from the stands in a game. And and the thing you got to realize, like, I'm – I'm real like Rhett and I play all the time out here and I'm real driven, real competitive. We're both that way, but I'm super chill at a game because 
the way I look at it is by the time we get to game time, everything that Rhett need, that I need to tell Rhett, I need to tell him before the game. You're not going to yell at that kid when he's at the plate and he's going to, the light bulb just suddenly going to click on. He's going to learn yeah. like, no, you got to, you got to plan. You got to prepare. You got to invest time and, and work with them and train them, <clears throat> you know, and, and I feel like all of parenting to me anyway, <clears throat> all of parenting is like working with them and preparing them for that time for them to stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like you can't, you can't ever um, keep them out of harm's way or danger or hard situations. You've got to prepare them ahead of time for what they're going to do in that moment. And I feel like hunting is the same way. Like Mm -hmm. you've got to work with them to be able to stand on their own, not hold their hand. Mm -hmm. Like for example, just, you know, I keep going back to the putting them on a lead sled and shooting them. A lot of people do that. Like they line the gun up for them and then they, guide their hand and the kid just pulls the trigger. Well, that's basically the equivalent of me walking to the plate with Rhett, standing behind him, holding the bat, saying, all right, ping, you know, with a fungo, (laughs) hitting a home run and being like, look at that kid. Look at that kid hit a home run. No, he freaking didn't. I hit the home run. He just had his hands on the bat. Yeah. (laughs) And, And so it's kind of a ridiculous analogy, but like I feel like, you know, my goal as his dad is to prepare him for that moment, not do that moment for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big, big deal. But I think it absolutely can. Um, you know, you never know. Some people, some parents put pressure on their kid and push them and push them and push them and they end up in the major leagues. Some of them go, I'll never touch a baseball bat again because it was not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, I've tried to make it fun. Because again, I know that that competitive streak is coming later. I want him to have fun every step along the way. Right. So I haven't, I haven't really pushed him. I've tried to, you know, hey man, let's go turkey hunting. And all we do is walk through the woods and run a turkey call and climb trees. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he loves it because he didn't know any different. Yeah. You know, and to him, I want, I want his response to be when I say, hey man, you want to go turkey hunting? Fun. Mm-hmm. yeah, let's go. We have fun when we turkey hunt. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to get it figured out as we go. And then that's when we roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think those like, do you think that ties into like art too, or like owning a small business too? Like as a parent, like, Oh yeah. If you, you're like teaching them, I feel like there's a connection there. Like you're teaching them to stand on their own, to own their own business or whatever. It's like, yeah. it goes hand in hand with that too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like um, the world is changing fast and it's changed a lot. And we have crazy technology that we didn't have a while ago. But there are literally like core key principles that haven't changed in thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Like hard work, um, doing what you say you're going to do, integrity, um, creativity, vision, none of those things have changed. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, are you, oh, who's going to be your artist? And I I don't care. (laughs) I don't care if they're an artist. Like it literally, if they want to do it, I'm I'm totally, you know, everybody asks like, your kid going to be a doctor too? And they're like, no, I'm never going to let him be a doctor because they've kind of like, um, 
learn some hard knocks along the way. I'm going to have my kid do this. Like that's the ticket. Very rarely do people want their kids to take over their, their business. They want them to do something better. But you know, I've always said, um, I wrote a blog post one time about how everything I learned, I needed to be an artist. I learned from a farmer and that's true because they didn't teach me how to mix paint. They didn't teach me anything about art. They taught me how to be self-sufficient, how to work hard, how to problem solve, how to be self-reliant. They taught me drive and discipline. And that's what you need to be an artist. That's also what you need to be uh, an electrician, a good electrician. That's also what you need to be a good teacher and a good doctor and a good anything. And I feel like some of those key principles have not changed. And so that's what I want to try to do with our kids. I don't care if they're an artist. But I want to instill those qualities in them so that when Brooklyn becomes a vet, she's a successful vet and she's a good vet and she may own her own business, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that I want to teach them. And again, you're, you're training them to be a successful adult, not a successful child. Yeah. <laughs> and th- there's a massive difference, I feel like. And, you know, for example, Rhett, Rhett's been a hard kid. Mm. He's been a hard kid from the day he was born. He's hard-headed like me. He's got drive. He's he's got energy and and that's been a hard thing as a parent sometimes because like it's just hard to deal with, you know? <laughs> but we may get frustrated as a parent because he says, "No, I want to do this." And I say, "No, you're going to do that." And "No, I want to do this." But that's also the thing that's going to make him great mm-hmm. is that quality because he may be faced with a doctor telling him, "Hey man, you got cancer. And he says, no, I'm going to beat it. And the doctor says, eh, it's not looking great. Yeah. It's going to be hard. You know, you've got a 1% chance and he's going to say, nah, I'm going to beat it. Mm-hmm. And he beats it. You know what I'm saying? Like that determination, that will, that drive, that not being unwilling to take no for an answer sucks when it's your kid. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it's so freaking hard to deal with. But it's also what might make him successful or mm-hmm. save his life or save somebody else's life down the road mm-hmm. or help him change the world. Like, right. you know, and so I don't really know where we're going with that. Me but <laughs> <laughs> but I, my my point is I don't want to like, you don't wanna squash I don't want to squash that. I don't want to take that out of him, yeah. um, you know, and so that's sort of the 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 things with hunting you kind of got to let them let them be their own person like yeah you got to keep them within a certain guideline you got to keep them safe you got to keep them smart but you've got to kind of let them find their own way yeah um within that yeah well it's like two brooklyn's the same way right now she's like no (laughs) oh no (laughs) she's a little psycho right now she is she has been our angel, easiest baby, sweetest baby, and she hit three and a half and like a switch flipped and she's got her little independent she's going through her little independent phase where mm-hmm. she's pushing the boundaries to see what she can get away with and all that. And it's <laughs> freaking miserable. <laughs> but cute at the same time. Yeah, cute for you. You get to see it and go home at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dare not try to take any watermelon away from her. Right that, kid will, that kid will crush a watermelon. Well. I feel like we got deep on this I know this you one. got really inspirational there. Sorry. I was 
I was welling up some tears. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I cried everything. <laughs> but one one thing that's hard though that that goes hand in hand with this is, you know, it's like we were talking about those programs on getting kids into the outdoors, and they're great. But man, it's really hard because so much of that stuff needs to be taught over time mm-hmm. and consistently and yeah. on a routine. It's really hard to like take a kid fishing one day for a weekend, like fishing rodeo or a youth hunt and, 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 and continue that, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you introduce them to the outdoors, you let them have fun. They, they think that hunting is cool, but like, where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a step that, that is, is tough, you know, to figure out because, you know, it's like anything in life that, that, that is worth it. It takes consistent effort over time. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, um, I wish there was more we could do outside of just a weekend event mm-hmm. or a weekend rodeo, yeah. you know, cause that's tough. It's almost kind of like a mountaintop experience. I feel like too. Yeah. I mean, I've never been on like a hunting retreat or anything. I've just done the little trout derby and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you get so excited cause it's when they stock all the fish up. And so you, you are, you're catching fish left and right. Yeah. That's not every day. Yeah. Because those fish, people catch all the rest of them yep. or in the river. So it's almost yep. like a mountaintop experience because you're like, that doesn't happen every day. Yeah. So And and how much does that do to make you a fisherman right. afterwards? Yeah. Like, I did just get my fishing license. Well, there you go. So, Maybe it I, does work. I told Cole that we're going to go. Like, I'm going to make it like a thing to keep going because yeah. I want to get better at it. Yeah. But, yeah. It's kind of like a kid goes to a church camp and has an awesome time, but mm-hmm. does that change his life? Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe not. Yeah. You know. It's the work after. Yeah. That you have to put in. But one th- there's and there's a bunch I need to do better with Rhett um, and Brooklyn. I I don't even like consider Brooklyn in this conversation because she's just not there <laughs> yet. You know. But um, she has her own little world. Like she we say. <laughs> is in her own little world, man. Uh, but <laughs> but I I feel like um. We need to shoot more. Like, I need to shoot more with Rhett. I actually got some steel targets we're going to uh, put up at that field we've got down the road. Um, but, like, I want to shoot more with them. I want to um, I want to work more with them on a continual basis. Because, again, for me, it was more like an organic thing. Like, mm-hmm. it was constantly all the time. And I feel bad because a lot of times I get busy. My schedule gets filled up. And it's like, Rhett, let's go hunting tomorrow. Or mm-hmm. let's go hunting on the weekend. When... It it'd be more it'd be more helpful for him and more fun for me if we had a little bit more breathing room, a little bit more time yeah. to do stuff a lot organically yeah. all the time. Do you think he'll be a a like a gun person or a bow person or both? I think he'll be a bow person because mm-hmm. I think he'll like the challenge yeah. of of bow hunting. Yeah, um, yeah, and I'm gonna get him a bow this summer. Like a he's got the like the little kids deal. But they make a bunch of compounds now that you can start as like a seven year old and shoot till you're seventeen. Like mm. they adjust continually as the kid grows. That's cool. Um, but yeah, he's he's big into the. Red's big into games. He's r- real big into like competitive stuff. Mm-hmm. So I f- and and he's a really he's got a lot of energy. And so I feel like the activity of shooting a drawing and shooting a bow and and I th- I feel like that's going to appeal to him a yeah. lot more. Yeah, so, seems more of a challenge. Yeah, gotcha. But I don't know um, when. I don't know when we'll go shoot one. 
you know, and I don't know, I haven't decided yet. You know, a lot of guys will take their kids with a crossbow first to kill their first deer because you can bow hunt for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, the seasons are longer. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is an opportunity to, um, get your kid out earlier. But again, it's, it's, you know, it's a crossbow Yeah, and you know, nothing to get crossbows, but I just don't really like to shoot them. Um, but I know a lot of guys will take their younger kids out with a crossbow to shoot. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling Rhett's probably going to want to kill one with a bow bow, mm -hmm. not just a crossbow. Yeah. And he's going to want that challenge for himself, but yeah, we'll see. But you know, he'll, he'll be ready when he's ready and we'll know. Yeah. You know, like, like, for example, when you shoot a bow, it's got to be a certain enough poundage. It's got to be, it's got to have enough heavy enough force to even be legal, Yeah. but then to be effective as well. So right. he's going to have to be big enough to shoot probably 40, 45 pounds to pull that much and be accurate within that. And then yeah. we'll set a limit with how far he can shoot and I'll go with him. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well. What at? do you want to do with your kids, Mad Dog? <laughs> you just wait. You'll get married and people will immediately start asking you when you have kids. Oh, I know. Yeah. My grandma already does. Sure she does. <laughs> I have fur babies. <laughs> I have fur babies. Well, you know, one thing, another thing too that I have learned um, hunting, and we talked about you and Cole getting into it on a different podcast. And I've taken some adults hunting for the first time, some buddies of mine. Um, and we typically start with turkeys cause you can move around and talk and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's, it's different with adults and kids too, mm -hmm. because it's like a grown man, like eye to eye, we're peers, we're buddies, but they've got the hunting IQ of a eight-year-old and it's hard to it's hard to reconcile because yeah you know you're used to hunting with your buddies where if that one if a turkey comes in you know yeah he's gonna kill him it's kind of an unwritten code that like a turkey doesn't get away so if yeah. i can't get a shot you you shoot him like yeah but um <laughs> i'll never forget we we took my my buddy mike and we talked about turkey hunting so much and done mm -hmm. this and done that but you need experience really. And so there were three of us sitting at the base of a tree and a turkey comes in goblin from like 300 yards away, comes into the food plot. And when we see him, I'm like, all right, Mike, just don't move. Mm -hmm. Just sit still. And I'm, I'm filming. So mm -hmm. I'm watching through the viewfinder and the turkey comes in and goes like 90 degrees and then starts like putting, like he's going to leave. I'm like, and I've been watching through the viewfinder the whole time. I was like, all right, Mike, kill him. And he's like, what? And his gun's over here. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm used to like when I'm hunting with buddies, you just know that you don't move, but then you follow the turkey with your gun and then you kill him. Well, when I told him not to move, he, he didn't move. He didn't move. <laughs> he didn't move. So like the turkey's over here and, and he's his gun's here. still over there. <laughs> and then, and he has to turn and that turkey's putting and rubbernecking and starting to go away, shoots him and, and hits him, but he's, he's flopping, mm. you know? Well, we'd never talked about what to do after you kill a turkey. Right. So I'm like, Mike, go get him. And he's like, you what? What? What do I do? <laughs> yeah. not. And so <laughs> it was it was pure comedy. He had to run out there and, you know, stepping on his head and doing this and that and the other. And like, 
it just occurred to me we never talked about what to do after you kill a turkey. Yeah. And like I would never I would never ret, set Rhett down there at like seven years old and just expect him to know all the things yeah. to do. But my buddy's thirty five and I'm thirty five and yeah. like I just assume he knows what I know. Yeah. But you don't and so that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a different perspective um, I didn't even think about. <laughs> and then there's the whole like you know, macho dude thing. Like a lot of guys don't want to admit they don't know how to do something. Yeah. And so you're, you're kind of navigating that. You have to let them know like, Hey man, it's cool if you don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I don't know a lot of things in your world. Like I wouldn't, you know, it, you have to kind of tell them like, Hey man, it's, it's fine. If you don't know, this is yeah. your first time, let's do it. Because, you know, they don't want to be treated like a 10 year old and you don't want to treat them like a 10 year old, but you <laughs> They're watching episode 14. <laughs> no, who's our giveaway winner? Who's okay? Giveaway winner before we go. Um, and it's the framed waterfowl, yes, right? It's right behind you, right behind me. Um, so the winner of the framed waterfowl poster is Bryce Edwards from the United States of America. <laughs> we don't, I don't, we don't know what state he's in, yeah, but usually uh, it says, but it didn't, yeah, man, we appreciate it. And um, you know, each month we're gonna start doing a giveaway where you subscribe to the newsletter, share it a couple times on social media, uh, follow us on Instagram to get details on that. And uh, each month we, we got giveaways. So we got some big stuff coming this summer, some new products coming for fall, and a lot of good stuff coming. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We appreciate you tuning in to episode 14. And don't forget the Father's Day. We have a gift guide for Father's Day next yes, week. Yes, Father's Day is coming quick. And, or this um, Sunday, sorry. This Sunday. Yeah, we, we typically ship pretty quick. You Most everything is two days Yes, uh, across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's not too late to get stuff for Father's Day at RyanKirby.com. And uh, we hope you guys have a great week and a great upcoming Father's Day. <laughs> do, 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 do. I can't remember.